Miss Marsha really does care and she'll go the extra mile um, for you to help you stay on top of your recovery or anything else, even just personal life as a woman. Strong female presence that I wanted to have was like very much Miss Marsha. It's always been said that you may forget what a person said to you, but you'll never forget the way they made you feel. And she makes another woman, from me, feel very comfortable in speaking with her about uncomfortable things that you really don't like to talk about, you know? And she makes it so easy for those things to come out. Welcome to Stories of Recovery, a podcast produced by Mar Addiction Treatment Centers in Atlanta. I'm your host, Matt Shedd. In recent episodes of this podcast, we've taken a more documentary-style approach to storytelling. In these episodes, we've heard not only from the person in recovery, but also from family, friends, and counselors, other people who witnessed the person's transformation from the outside. This episode will continue with that documentary style, but turn the focus to one of the people who helps facilitate those journeys of transformation. Marcia Smith is not a person in long-term recovery, but for over 10 years, she has been director of our Right Side Up program, a place where she worked even before taking on that role of director in several other roles. She's helped countless women change their lives and their entire family system. In this episode, you'll not only get a strong sense of the kind of person that Marcia is, but also the type of safe treatment environment that can help make long-term recovery possible for its clients. I should mention that Right Side Up is a unique program. It's state-funded, and it allows women who are seeking recovery to bring their young children into treatment with them. As you can imagine, this creates a really unique treatment environment that allows the whole family system to heal at the same time. We start off discussing what motivates somebody who's not in long-term recovery like Marsha to dedicate so many years of her life with such consistency and steadfastness to helping people suffering from addiction to find recovery for themselves and their families. From my personal history, my father dealt with addiction. Mm. So, um, and he was in and out my life due to his addiction. He was a bit, um, he is a Vietnam vet. Mm -hmm. So coming back from that, he did get addicted. Um, So I did experience that as I was growing up. Even though my mom shielded my sister and I from that a lot um, and got us out of that situation. But there were some things that, yeah, I witnessed as a child. Mm. So, um, but I never thought, like, I would go into this field. But when that happened, I was like, well, I guess I need to learn something here. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, um, I started in my internship working at, had the opportunity to work at Cafe 458 which is downtown uh, off of Edgewood, dealing with the homeless population of men and women suffering with substance abuse. And a lot of veterans came through that program. Mm. And even individuals who were just seeking treatment and had disabilities. So I got to learn a lot. So, what? yeah, what was that like for you just personally, you know, having seen your dad struggle with that being a veteran struggling with substance abuse in and out kind of of your life and then seeing you know and then working one-on-one with people that were going through like what was what did that i'm gonna tell you it gave me because my father passed away when i was 17 Mm -hmm. so um it gave me definitely more insight of his struggle Mm -hmm. and 
dealing with the population helped me like, oh, like these are some struggles. Like I didn't get to know all of my dad's story of like what really happened. I do know he went through Vietnam and it gave me I'm a questioner anyway. So I was like, wow, it just gave me some more insight. And I was like better understanding of his struggle. And why he did keep... He was in and out the hospital looking for help, too. Mm. So, yeah. D- did he pass away from related to addiction? It or, was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I mean, I know it's been a while, but yeah. it's still... Thank you. Yeah. And the funny thing, I was close to my dad. Right. Uh, even through the process. And I will say this. It was related to his addiction because in the midst of addiction, you know how you neglect your health. Yeah. So he had health problems. Mm -hmm. He did, through the latter part of my, you know, the years before he died, he was clean Mm -hmm. and sober and actually living a life of recovery. And um, also, spiritually, he was better to join the church and stuff like that. So, um, I don't want to cry. So he was, yeah, he was able to turn his life around at the end, even though the health conditions did impact him. Mm, so that's beautiful. Yeah, sounds like a good man. Thank you for sharing that, Marsha. That's that's really meaningful. It's you're making me tear up a little bit too, and I'm not a crier. <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, are you okay for us to? Yeah, go go ahead. Yeah, Uh yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Do you need, uh, you want some? No, I'm good. Okay. Thank you, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm sure that that all plays a role consciously or unconsciously when you it, right definitely when you get to here right yeah. side up and you're working with family the family system like we talked about so you you started as a job readiness or employment readiness employment specialist employment job specialist coach. job coach is what we call it now <laughs> yeah. yeah um and then and you were under miss shirley mm-hmm. how was the program different then Versus how it is now. So when I started at the job coach level, it was dealing with, we started out just dealing with individuals who were in the Metro Atlanta area. But then as we continue, we expanded to all of the state of Georgia. So we get various women on the outskirts and culturally that's different. From people who have been in the Atlanta area, from uh, women who come from the outskirts of Atlanta, who've never, who are afraid to come into the city, who are afraid to get on tr- wow. public transportation. And you see that fear from being so far away. Because some of the ladies come like four hours away. Like we've had people come from Savannah. Wow. So it's so, just interesting to see the dynamics of that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so then in terms of diversity and like, um, just life experience and, and that I'm sure adds a lot of interesting variables when you put a bunch of women into uh, a living situation together. Mm-hmm. 
so you had some experience at Cafe 458 with addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, then you're here as a job coach. Uh, and did you have any roles between that and director? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is another thing I love. You really get to grow. I love this agency because you really get to grow. Right. Um, and I didn't stay the job coach for, I think, about a year or so. And then I was transitioning to the admission. I was an admissions counselor. So at that time, it was called intake coordinator, um, where I was the one assessing and bringing people in. And that gave me very fine-tuned my questioning skills and being able to assess individuals to determine their eligibility and where they were, where their mental health issues superseding or was it a criteria that kind of eliminated them from being able to be with us, I guess you would say, or was it something we could work with? Um, so what did you learn to look for, like to like to drill in, like when you heard something, like you said it really sharpened your questioning skills. Yes. So like would you just learn to, were there certain things you'd learn to look for where you're like, wait, what did, what did you just say? Or like, like, right. like what, I I know it's kind of a, broad question but were there specific things that looking back on where you had like moments of like oh this is this is something I need to pay attention to when they say this and it doesn't matter or whatever so one of the things that kind of comes to my mind right now is like how long was your use and some people would give like short simple questions like oh it wasn't that long well what's not long to you Mm -hmm. and what does that really look like trying to get them a better understanding oh I didn't use that much well what is not much to you Mm -hmm. so even with individuals who said defect they may have because one of the criteria for our ladies too is um, for our our bed slots is to have defects involvement Mm -hmm. so giving a better understanding of what happened regarding that scenario too and trying to dive in a little deeper to get an understanding of okay tell me a little bit about the defects and what got Mm-hmm. them involved mm-hmm. so yeah having to ask certain questions you know and actually that was an opportunity to kind of build their rapport with them sure to get them like hey there's no judgment here right and we're just here to help and we want to get you back on track so there's a reason why you called mm-hmm. so just letting them know there's a this is a judge freeman judge free zone yeah to people that are listening um or, or when you're training staff, like how do you create, how do you train them to create that judgment-free zone? Well, I think it's important that they listen to their story as far as what they're saying. Like the client themselves? Yeah, the client themselves. Mm-hmm. Just listening to them at first. Because I what I've picked up so far, you know, just doing this process is they haven't been heard. <laughs> and... Or they've been told that they're a liar, or and you don't want to come at them like that. Ah, uh, okay, um, gotcha. You want to hear their story before you try to really, you know, challenge Redirect. it sometimes. Yeah, right. um, so, yeah. Um, so, hearing their story and know, like, wow. And affirming to them, like, that must have been really tough mm-hmm. to have to go through. Or I could see why you might have used during that time. You know, um, validating some of their 
even though they don't know their feelings at that time or some things like that, like that's, you know, their experience and how it impacted them. I think it's important. I think Mm -hmm. that's how we build that rapport and get them to open up and feel a little bit more safer opening up to us. She was never quick to talk. She didn't try to talk over you. Um, It's like she really took in a whole situation before she said the first word. That's Angela. She came to Right Side Up with the goal of being able to remain in her daughter's life. And there were several moments where it looked like she might not be able to. The job she got when she was a client at Right Side Up was at McDonald's. But now she manages a staff at a contracting company that oversees multi-million dollar projects. And she has been able to remain in her daughter's life as a very active and engaged parent. When I called Angela, she and her daughter were about to go get their nails done as a back-to-school treat before her daughter started the second grade. Here are some of Angela's memories of Miss Marsha when she was in treatment at Right Side Up. She was always there. She knew everybody's name. I don't know how. Um, and she, her decision-making skills were the best I've ever seen. I've never seen anybody be asked to leave right side up for doing the right thing. Something you would have heard a lot in there. Like they got asked to leave for no reason. Like that's not true. I can tell you from so much experience with Ms. Marshall, like that's not true. You did something, you saw something. And if you made it through the program, it's because you earned it. You didn't do it because you're brown nosed. You didn't do it really tricking anybody if you got over on miss marshall you were doing good (laughs) and i don't know how you did it um yeah i just i was excited when you asked me to do this call you tell her that i was just like oh i've got so much good to say about her i know she thinks that i i have nothing but respect she's a big reason i am the woman i am today I can just imagine that Miss Marsha is, you know, very confident in herself and her decisions and um, has a lot of self-assurance. And through my years in recovery, I have gained that. I think that's what makes the big difference. I can walk. I walk with my head held high and my shoulders back because that's how I feel. I feel like that confident woman. I never saw her slouch or hang her head. The look, the eyes, the um, a very, she had a very stern look, but very maternal. Uh, She always, my mom died in 2011. So she always kind of reminded me of my mom. Um, She was just a, just genuinely a good person. You can tell that she really cared about her job. She cared about everybody. I knew what to expect from her. I knew what she expected of me. And, you know, that just didn't change. She knew how to read someone to know what their intentions were. Um, Because there are days where I just don't know how I walked out of that office, still a part of right side up. Um, But that was because she could see something in me I couldn't yet see in myself. I don't know. It's just the look, the eyes, like she just, she just knew, like she knew each of us. I think the final time I ended up in a, in a meeting with her, we just, 
it's kind of like she just cut to the nitty gritty. Um, it was like she was done evaluating and was ready to say her piece. And it took a few times of being in front of her, I feel like, before she decided what I, where I stood and what I needed to hear and, you know, let me make the choice from there. But um, I was a big people pleaser and did not realize that at the time. Um, and I really had to start thinking about how every action, every word that comes out of my mouth, everything determines whether or not I get to parent my, how I parent and whether or not I will get to parent my child, because that was the, um, end result for me. If I didn't make it through the program, I was going to lose my daughter. Um, and that's how she broke it down. Like, are you going to let the influence of these ladies determine whether or not your child goes in to foster care or whether or not you lose custody of your daughter? Are you willing to lose your daughter over sharing food with somebody? Things you just, I really didn't think were necessarily that serious. It was never about whether or not I felt like it was serious. It was, was I going to make the right choice? Because, you know, that was the rule. That that was just how it was. And I was either going to fall in line or I wasn't. And it was, it was my choice. Um, but, you know, it was quite simple. It didn't have to be so complicated. Your life can be this or it can be this. She really broke it down for me. And I mean, and I don't complicate things so much anymore. It's things don't have to be so difficult. It's either this or it's this. I know sometimes there's a little gray area, but I mean, we have the, she taught me about the power of choice. Like I have the power of choice. I have a choice about everything. And this is what it looks like on this side. And this is what it looks like on this side. And I really needed to start thinking about everything before I started doing it or saying it. From, from there you went to what other. So from the admissions counselor, I stayed doing that for a while and then I transitioned to a primary counselor. Okay. So, yeah. Gotcha. And working as the primary counselor, working with them on developing their treatment goals and helping them get an understanding of what goals are mm-hmm. and what they can accomplish and seeing how they have just seeing, just letting them talk and tell their story because they have to present their life story and talk about those traumatic events that have happened. So, yeah. Looking back on it now and your role as director, what, what did you take from that role that you helped that really helped you do your job well now? Um, I think that's a good question. Um, it's found it's it's funny because starting out the job coach, you only see them in certain aspects. You don't sure. get to see them. You get to see them in that transition of wanting to you get to educate them on being prepared to go back on job search and then you don't do much counseling, you do some you do case management. So hearing their stories of the struggles of what's going on at work. And those type of things, I think each role has kind of helped prepare me for the role that I'm in now because the kind of it's like a layer 
of information that's given to you. Um, even then the admissions role, how that helped me fine tune my questioning and kind of helped me build that rapport and seeing where they're coming from. Like, hmm, I need to go a little deeper here mm. and ask that help me in my counseling when I'm sitting one-on-one with them. And I think being in the primary counselor role helped me see like when somebody went through the whole process or even if they didn't and they didn't stay for the whole process, but seeing them, their struggles in the midst of it or just seeing someone have those aha moments and be Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm getting this. Yeah. And succeeding Mm -hmm. in the recovery process. So, yeah, I think that helped me. This is kind of a, maybe a tricky question to answer, but like if you could generalize the state that women are in when they get here versus how you'd like to see them ideally like walk out of here. So like what's their life like when they come here like and versus what's the ideal of them walking out of here? Like what what do you like to see? Uh, you made me think of a puzzle piece. Tell you yeah. the truth, it's like they're scattered and everything is overwhelming and the anxiety is there. I'm walking into this place and it's unfamiliar and y'all asking me to do this. And uh, some and you made me think, too, some of our ladies come from, you know, the prison system. They've been incarcerated and in and out of jail. So they know these systems, too. And it's like, oh, now I'm in another one. And we have to show them that this is different. So I think as they transition, like when they first get here, it's like an overwhelming experience. And they're just like, or individuals come in, I got an objective and this is what I have to do. Mm -hmm. And so they might be checking off boxes like, oh, I'm here. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think they're overwhelming, scattered a little bit, trying to figure out how do I get my needs met? They're still in that survival mode. Mm -hmm. And then you gradually see them as they kind of transition into the program and get used to the structure of the program. And it's funny because as they get, you see them as they're about to leave the program. And I think it's a beautiful experience to see them as they leave. They don't want to leave us sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And it was like, no, it's time for you to go. Um, But I think it's a great experience to see them as they matriculate through the program how they've grown and you see them Mm. using some coping skills they're calling their sponsor they're trying to figure out how to get to a meeting Mm -hmm. and you hear that and even in some negative relationships knowing how they can go back into certain circumstances and not do it the same way I think you see the clarity start to happen and they start to question things because I do aftercare too. So you still, mm-hmm. it, doing aftercare, you still see the aha moments. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is what I learned at Right Side Up. And you see them implementing it. And it's awesome. And I had an episode because I had the wreckage of my past still lingering on. And I went out and um, I got stopped by uh, my sister came down and I got stopped and I had to go to jail. And um, my first memory of the women of, of Right Side Up is the support they gave me, the team that was there. And Ms. Marsha, of course, was in charge. And, you know, things had to go through her. And the support that she gave me was phenomenal. That's Tara, another alumna of Right Side Up, remembering her experience of Ms. Marsha. 
Taro credits the staff at Right Side Up under the leadership of Miss Marsha with being able to allow her to open up and heal some deep wounds and learn how to be in recovery. Tara now works in the recovery field herself, and she said she frequently interacts with Miss Marsha on a professional basis as well as a personal one, reaching out to ask her questions and advice about how to be an addiction counselor. Here's Tara talking about how Miss Marsha and the staff of Right Side Up helped her get through a hard time. It was she, and it was Miss uh, Miss Gwen, Miss Dina. Miss Marsha was the one that we had to get the okay through, and the support that she gave me and my family was phenomenal. Just to get me, you know, supported. Okay, we're gonna be there for her. She can come back whenever she's finished. You know, get her legal things together, and we'll have a space for her. Um, and when I got back. Um, I was going through just the challenges of life, just the challenges of trying to, you know, from the woman that I was to becoming the person that I wanted to be. And at the time, I didn't know. I just wanted to be, I didn't want to go back to where I came from. Yeah, the one I won't ever forget was I was having some issues during that time. I was older um, when I got clean, okay? I was in my 40s. And most people there were younger. And I was having some issues with one of the ladies and um, some things that were said, you know, that was inappropriate. And I was so angry. And my anger always took me to one. I only knew, you know, one from one or ten. I didn't know that it was two to nine in the middle. <laughs> I didn't know that those I hadn't I hadn't learned about anger management yet. Um, and it was a lady there who taught anger management, which was Miss Tony. And she long gone now. But those people I would never, ever forget. And so Miss Marsha pulled me to the side and put me in Miss Preva's office. And she talked to me about an experience that she had. And she related to me where I was at. And it helped me see things a whole nother way. We all are different. All people are not the same. It don't matter about race and gender or culture, where we come from. You know, we just got to treat people accordingly. And that stuck with me. And that memory of her with me was phenomenal. She don't know that because of the way I was raised. She gave me that and I appreciate it so much. So I am forever eternally grateful for the messages and the messages and the messengers that were at my side up. What do you think it is in particular about her that gets through to people so well? Because people love I don't need to tell you, but people love Miss Marcia. Yes. Oh, what God, is it about her in particular? I think is her genuineness. She's very genuine. I think that is the her tone, her body language, mm-hmm. and the way she handled things. It, it, it was with me. It was just uh, she didn't have to relate to everything, but she always taught us to stand a solution. So that was one of the things that helped out with her is she didn't have to like everybody go through something different. They come from, you know, you think about right side up, you talking about, I mean, Mar, right side up, those you think about people that come from all kind of backgrounds. I mean, multicultural. I'm talking about diverse. Mm-hmm. So for her to be in a leadership position there and deal with that diversity, you have to be have a certain way about you in whatever that way is, she has possessed it because mm-hmm. it's her calmness, the way she talked to people. Because, you know, like, it's always been said that you may forget what a person said to you, but you'll never forget the way they made you feel. And she makes another woman, from me, feel very comfortable. I'm trying to think of a way to ask this next question, but it's just like you in particular, Marsha, have like a very calm, 
confidence that I really admire. And yeah, you just have this authority that's quiet and you don't need to yell or anything like that. But you, it's like, yeah, you, you've got a really, um, I say I'm going to give props to my mom and my grandmother for yeah. that. I think they kind of, How, yeah, that's what tell, I saw when I was growing up. My so, mom, she's yeah. not a yeller. My grandmother was never, and I grew up in the house with them and they were not yellers. <clears throat> it's a calm presence of most of my family members. Like we're pretty calm mm, people. And yeah. I was like, I know I had to get that from them. Yeah. Even though my mom was like a single parent. That's right. Yeah. And she had to be the provider for us. Mm. And so it's like her, I can't imagine. You no, know, we talk about stuff now, like what you kind of went through. Because of my personal experience, it's like, like, I don't know how you did that, mom. <laughs> but even my grandmother, like, she had six kids. And I'm like, how did you keep them all, like, in a happy moment? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but yeah, just, I think it's just learning from being around them. That's how I'm able to do that. And I grew up being able to, I knew I was loved. Mm. And... Despite what was going on with my father's situation, I think I always grew up in a family system that like had the nurturing and that that component that helped me be who I am today. Mm-hmm. So, and I will say this, I think the confidence also comes from my grandfather and my uncles. Oh, okay. <laughs> they were the you could hear them challenge each other and it was interesting. <laughs> um, but hearing them communicate and seeing my, you know, even my grandmother and my mom. Was there was there a moment where, like a turning point for you where you're just like, this is a special place. I think I'm going to be here for the next 20 years or <laughs> whatever. So you, it's interesting that you say that because I think when I first started, I said I was going to do this for three years. <laughs> <laughs> But the reality is, I think it's funny, and I don't know if anybody thinks it's about Mar, or, but I say this about right side up. It's like a time warp, like you just get pulled in, you're sucked in, and you don't know the time is going by. You yeah. didn't know you were here for that that's, long. That's happened to me here, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, uh, you. Um, I didn't expect to be here this long. But I will say, I don't know if it was that turning point, but I know I love what I do. Mm. Um. I think, and because I was able to grow, and I think I'm still able to grow, mm. I think that's what keeps me like coming back. I love the clients. I love the, I, I love the employees that I have. As far as even seeing aha moments in them and seeing them evolve, it's like amazing to me. And now let's hear from one of those staff members who was influenced by Miss Marsha. Jasmine was a Right Side Up alum who went on to become Miss Marsha's personal assistant. She doesn't work at Right Side Up anymore, but she stays in close contact with the program and with Miss Marsha. She now works as the recovery minister at North Atlanta Church of Christ. And at the time of our call, Jasmine talks about how she had just earlier that week reached out to Miss Marsha to ask for some advice on some issues she was going through. She said she now considers her a close personal friend. Here she is recalling her times working with Miss Marsha. I started there, I forget exactly what year I started there, maybe 20, 
14. And uh, she would always, I worked at the front desk as a receptionist first for Mar, and she would always come by and she would always say hello. I was still a little bit intimidated, but she would always say hello. But the more I got to know her, the more all of that ice broke um, for sure. But, um, you know, my work experience with Miss Marshall was uh, I learned so much from her. You know, she knew I was a person in recovery. And so she separated I appreciated that she separated that from me working an employee from a client, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And so that meant a lot to me and it was very professional. It was very, but at the same time, she was teaching me. She taught me a whole lot. Miss Marsha really does care. You know, sometimes you get some people who are just doing a job for a paycheck but that is not the case with Miss Marsha. And even with working with her, even before I worked at Mar, but then once I started to work with her and even to this current day, like literally like three days ago, Miss Marsha really does care and she'll go the extra mile um, for you to help you stay on top of your recovery or anything else, even just personal life as a woman. Um, she really does show that she cares. Um, even on my birthday, I get, text out of nowhere she remembers Mm -hmm. things and that for me is like you know because it's miss marcia because you know she's affiliated with my recovery that just makes me feel so good um and i think that you know a lot of times just because it's the program director a lot of people get intimidated by that because you know oh i might get in trouble or i might get this but what i have learned is today she is my I can go ahead and say she is my friend. Now I've been in recovery almost 13 years. And so today she is my friend. I can call her about anything um, as it relates to sometimes just mainly when I need guidance, you know, when I need guidance in this recovery role, I want to run things by her and she cares. And, um, and see from working with her, I know how busy she is. And even, and I used to tell her because sometimes this is when I worked with her. Sometimes I knew her days that she worked, but then I would see emails coming in on off days and I would say, hey, why are you emailing right now? You know, you're supposed to be, you know, off. But that's the thing about how much she does care. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, just because she cares. She and she won't even tell you, oh, you know, I got this, this, this and a million things going on. You won't even feel that in the moment. Mm. You feel the love. You would just feel um, the care. and you know, you, that's kind of, you don't have that too much. You don't get too many people that will be like, oh, let me call you back. Or girl, I got such and such, such and such, such and such, but not with Miss Marsha. You'll never know. She's very cool, calm and collected, you know, and said you're, you're in touch with her as recently as like three days ago. Yes. Because <laughs> in my life right now, you know, I'm um, dealing with some things and I was like, oh my God, who would really understand that I trust and Miss Marsha was the only one that came to mind. And sure enough, I called her. She answered the phone. I, you know, spilled it all on her. And she didn't say, oh, why did you call me? She just took the time mm. home and sweet to say, how can I help? And first of all, she just listened. Uh, she gave me some advice that was very good. I didn't take it at first. And I'm talking about this three days ago. I didn't take it at first. But then I slept on what she said. I went to sleep overnight. And then I text her in the morning and, you know, yes, absolutely. What you said was correct. And it actually turned out to be exactly what I needed to do Mm. at that moment. 
Is there anything you want to say about Right Side Up that we haven't touched on or covered or, or your time here? And, and yeah, just anything that's come to mind that we haven't gotten to, to say. Um, I know Right Side Up is an awesome program. Um, I, I know that the individuals that come through the program are... Um, even though I know sometimes they <laughs> don't think they are, um, and I don't want to say, not taken care of to a certain standard of what I think they are, their expectations sometimes. But I think that's because they're we're mixing up their family dynamics of what they're used to. So now they get to see something new. Um, so I would say that I'm appreciative of everything that I've learned here at Right Side Up as I, you know, continue my journey. And I know I keep growing and learning more. Um, so I just think that uh, Right Side Up is an awesome program. <laughs> That's it for this episode of Stories of Recovery. A special thank you to Miss Marsha, to Angela, to Tara and to Jasmine for sharing their stories with us. Stories of Recovery is a podcast from Mar Addiction Treatment Centers in Atlanta. I'm your host, Matt Shedd. Our executive producer is David Tate. If you'd like to reach us, you can email us at podcast at marinc.org. That's podcast at marinc.org. We'd really love to hear from you. And if you'd like to help us out and help this podcast reach a wider audience, go ahead and give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That really goes a long way. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. And we're already looking forward to next time.